0: Welcome to the Retrospective Perspective with Jeremy Ariel Diaz. I want to thank you for tuning in and checking out what I have to say on pop culture and art and its debt to itself. Trying to starve my kids and give my money to his firstborn read some of the lyrics on the newly released diss track by 90s rapper Mace, a diatribe towards media mogul Sean P. Diddy Combs. Mace publicized his struggle to obtain his music publishing rights from Combs, entertainer and founder of Bad Boy Records, and Combs' mistreatment of fellow label mates from the 90s. The diss track, called Oracle 2: The Liberation of Mace and Betha, seemed to also inspire other former artists signed by Combs to air out Dirty Laundry, such as Freddie P and Babs Bunny, both from 2000's group The Band. Mace and Combs, also formerly known as Buff Daddy, had a mentor-mentee relationship throughout the 90s. They were a hit-making duo with a strong bond and, at one point, were even housemates. Together they helped produce and realize 90s classics like Biggie's Mo Money Mo Problems, Combs' Can't Nobody Hold Me Down and Mace's own Feels So Good. Around the time Mace made the decision to leave the music industry to devote himself to Christian ministry work in 1999, he says that Combs gave him only $20,000 in exchange for all the rights to his music publishing. Financial compensation may be the tangible end goal Mace is pursuing. But what seems to be the driving force of his vengeance is the need to be respected as a legendary hit maker by his former mentor and the rest of the world during a 2017 live radio interview with angie martinez on power 105.1 may said
1: for 20 years i've been taking the shorter end of everything to just make things go the way they needed to go mm-hmm. if you think about even you know doing music with puff a lot of the songs i came to Puff with those songs. Done. People, people, they never give me credit for that. All my awards went to Puff. I wrote all those songs. So what? What would you want if you could like, like? What do you want your legacy to be? What do you? That's why. That's why mm-hmm. I'm rapping after the song, cause I want my my legacy to be cleared up.
0: Though once appraised at a $20,000 value, Mace alleged in a now-deleted January 2020 Instagram post that he offered Combs $2 million to buy back his catalog, but was denied, quote, his response was, if I can match what the European guy offers him, that would be the only way I can get it back. This is not black excellence at all, end quote. The post was made in response to a speech Combs gave at Clive Davis's Grammy Gala that year, where he criticized what he believed to be a lack of respect for black music and black artists. Quote, We need the artists to take back control. We need transparency. We need diversity. This is the room that has the power to force the change that needs to be made." End quote. Combs continued, rhapsodizing to a room full of A-list celebrities. Quote, I'm here for the artists, so sign me up. End quote. Mace has made pointed claims that he is chiefly responsible for what would be known as the bad boy sound, and some journalists agree but an invisible influence on the hip-hop genre does not result in accolades, compensation, or icon status. One of the primary examples of the caliber of Mace's work being attributed to someone else is the 1997 number one smash, Mo Money Mo Problems, by his label mate, the late Biggie Smalls. The story goes that Mace was laying the groundwork on the instrumental track when Biggie, the bigger star, heard it, claimed it for himself, and had it released via Bad Boy Records as a posthumous single shortly after Biggie's death.
1: More money, more problems. Yeah, but that was on Hold Big up. album. Right. So that was songs I had as my single that they gave to the Biggie. Got it. For his album. Mm-hmm. Do you not get paid for those, even now? Yes, but oh, yeah. I'm saying, like, if you if you knew that Mace was the one doing all of that, you would see me in a different light. Even today, people praise Bad Boy. The, gold, the real golden era of Bad Boy I was spearheading. Mm-hmm.
0: Mace went on to explain that just as much as he benefited from Combs, Combs also benefited from him.
1: Biggie made it, and I'm not, you know, taken away. So right, you're not taking I'm away. I'm Biggie. I'm nowhere near Biggie. Right, right, right. I gotta catch myself so somebody catch that and try to run with it. Right. No, I'm saying, I'm it's saying, like good catch. I'm good catch, when Biggie, I'm saying when Biggie passed away, right? And the company is in ambiguity. And everybody is lost and in shambles. It was my pin Mm -hmm. that made bad boy rise to the occasion.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It was my style to the point you think I was following Puff. And that was my style. Mm -hmm. I'm being number two on my own intelligence.
0: I spoke with hip hop historian and San Antonio local DJ Demario Holly, and he says these claims aren't too far fetched, quote. Mace had his time with him and Diddy tag teaming on the beats. It was a certain time, certain flavor in hip-hop, and they were part of the golden era." Despite this, Holly says it's easy to forget all of the artists signed to Bad Boy Records throughout the years, which is why Mace's diss track can be seen as coming out of left field. I also spoke with music theorist Benjamin DeWinker of the University of Toronto. And he believes that Mace's diss track wasn't recorded in a style that musically elevated him above his former boss and is evidence of a dying art form. Quote, Now that social media plays such a large role in sustaining feuds, perhaps diss tracks maybe don't carry the same weight that they may have in the 1990s and early 2000s. End quote. Though Mace is on the offensive in his new song and in recent statements on his clubhouse appearance, in that same 2017 interview with Angie Martinez, he clarified that he no longer felt animosity towards Combs. He apologized to him for initially bringing this conflict to the public via his 2001 memoir, Revelations: There's a Light After the Lime, and even went on to do a reunion tour with him in 2016. So what's the reason for digging up the buried hatchet today? One can speculate that Mace is looking to acquire his publishing rights simply to sell them after seeing the multi-million dollar deals other artists like Lil Wayne and John Legend have been able to make. Profits from streaming and live performing aren't what they used to be in a post-pandemic world, and artists are finding the most savvy business move they can make is to get rid of the rights to their music in exchange for large sums of cash. Being unable to make such a decision in the face of a drying stream of income may have left Mace little choice, but to fight for what he believes is his.
1: I'm like, if you gave me two million and I tell you the stuff I've done for bad boy, you still owe me money, <laughs> right? <laughs> like real talk.
0: Holly believes none of this outcry will tank Combs's reputation as he survived other allegations of wrongdoing unscathed. Quote, Mace was once regarded as one of the best MCs, but Diddy has the bigger voice today, end quote. Mace noted in a clubhouse appearance in March that he's worked with mediators, including a pastor, to try and come to an agreement with Diddy over the dispute of his publishing and financial compensation, and said he's exhausted all other options. When asked what was one of the most memorable things Biggie told him before his passing, make sure you get yours. Combs may have won a few battles, but Mace is prepared for a war. His legacy depends on it. Thanks for listening. I want to give a shout out to Lovely TTV on YouTube, who also spoke on this topic and provided the video footage of Mesa's interview with Angie Martinez. Be sure to check out the Retrospective Perspective on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as on the website retrospectiveperspective.com for all updates on new episodes and to join in on the conversation.